Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 121. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about the power of play. When I was seven years old, I was walking in the fields near our farmhouse when I spotted a mud puddle. The dirt road that ran along the edge of the field by our home was often traveled by trucks and tractors and the ruts in the sandy red West Tennessee dirt would fill with rain and create long stretches of rust colored puddles. I was barefoot and my older brothers and my sister was with me and I said, watch this. And soon my feet landed in the thick mud as streaks of red clay splattered across my legs and shorts. And we laughed as one by one, each jumped in. I think you could paint with this mud, I remember my little sister saying. And soon the mud battles began, fists full of red clay being thrown as we chased one another, laughing, splashing, and playing. And finally, my older brother said, you know, in ancient times, people would bathe in mud as a way to to treat their skin. And so... He began to smear the mud on his arms and his neck and his face and his legs, and we all followed suit. And before long, we were covered, five children, head to feet in the red earth. I've been thinking a lot about play. As I've been reading the beginning of Tony Wagner's book, Creating Innovators, The Making of Young People Who Will Change the World. And I'll link to this book, which was a 2011 release And although some of the research is dated, the ideas that Wagner argues in this book are still relevant. That without creativity, people lack the ideas and the initiative and the motivation for extraordinary achievements. And Wagner does this by looking at the lives of some of the most successful people in industry or science or art. People who have done extraordinary things for not just the rewards of creating awesome products, but because they love to learn. And as Wagner has researched innovative and creative people, there are lots of traits that they share that are similar, but one practice that they all share that's similar is they love to play. They love to play as children and they love to play as adults. So let's talk about how play influences our learning. First of all, play is not just good for children. It's good for all of us. It's good for our mental health. It encourages creativity. It encourages teamwork. It gives us a sense of accomplishment. And it's not just something that's good for small children. All people of all ages can find motivation when we play. And I love this description from Tony Wagner's book when he was speaking to an alumnus of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Juiced Bonson, who was talking about how much MIT students love pranks. And I'm going to quote Bonson describing this tradition of pranks at MIT. And here's what he says. Being innovative is central to being human. We are curious and playful animals until it's pounded out of us. Look at the tradition of pranks here at MIT. What did it 
take to put a police car on a dome that was 15 stories high, one of the most famous MIT student pranks, with a locked trap door being the only access? It was an incredible engineering feat. To pull that off was a systems problem, and it took tremendous leadership and teamwork. Pranks reinforce the cultural ethos of creative joy, Juice added. Getting something done in a short period of time with no budget and challenging circumstances. It's glorious and epic. They didn't ask for permission, not even forgiveness, end quote. And Wagner concludes with this thought. These students were playing, just doing something for the fun of it. Play then is a part of our human nature and an intrinsic motivation. End of his quote. So why are we not playing more? You would think that play is something that all children enjoy, but in a world that prizes protection and safety, many of our students are frankly missing out on the freedom and space that they need to experience play. And they're experiencing not only a lack of play, but often an increase in stress and anxiety. Just this week, I was reading in Tim Elmore's ebook, Help Teens Manage Stress and Anxiety, where he discusses some trends that are playing out in surveys with college students. Here are just a few of the results he shared from a study by the American College Health Association, which gives some sobering statistics about university students. 94% said the top word that they used to describe their life is overwhelmed. 44% said it was difficult to even function. And nearly one in 10 had thought about suicide in the last year. Now, when Elmore offers a number of responses to how we work with teens and responding to their growing anxiety, Guess what one of his main suggestions is? Play. And Elmore says this, quote, even technology wizards, and he quotes Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs, even technology wizards, perhaps especially tech wizards, know the secret of living well is to get off a screen for the better part of a day, play. Go outside, be with people face-to-face, talk, listen, run, walk, tumble, skin your knee, end quote. So if our schools are places that need to allow creativity and innovation and exploration. How do we encourage elements of discovery and competition and wonder with our students and our teachers? Some of you are probably familiar with Don Wetrick. He's an educator who authentically engages students in active innovation, and he's also a podcaster, presenter, and innovator of his own projects. You can see his website at startedupinnovation.com, and I'll link to it in my show notes. But Don Wetrick has found ways to connect student practice with innovation, entrepreneurship, and technology-rich learning experiences. And he's not alone. He is part of a growing number of educators who coach students in projects where they develop real-life scenarios for solving problems and creating products. They connect students with top innovators and business leaders through virtual meetups. These kinds of teachers provide students with direction and access and resources and collaboration for turning ideas into tools and websites and businesses and movements. You have some of these teachers in your buildings. Some of them use innovative programs like Genius Hour or STEM Labs or Makerspaces, or some of them have traditional classrooms where they've learned how to help students turn learning into creative and innovative products. You know, I can remember as a classroom teacher, and this was before technology was booming, I can remember as a language arts teacher reading plays and short stories with my students 
but also encouraging them to create their own. And as they did, we created together. So whether that was reading those aloud, where often I would take parts in really bad British accents or deep Southern drawls, or whether that was encouraging them to create their own stories, read them with one another, share them with one another, publish them and celebrate them. Learning is more fun when it's active. And if I was in the classroom today teaching language arts, I would also encourage my students to publish through more modern means like blogs or podcasts or YouTube channels. And when I became an administrator for the first few years, I had a hard time connecting creativity with school management. And frankly, I could feel the creativity inside me dying. And as a result, I was quickly losing a lot of the joy in my work. But as I began to rediscover the joys of leadership, as I began to change my mindset in leadership, I began to figure out better ways to include play, even in the way that I led. So I want you to think about this 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 week. And when you think about playing as important to students, playing as important for learning, creativity is a mindset. And you can be intentional when you embed that practice into your work. So I just want to share seven very quick ideas to keep in mind for embedding playfulness, even in your leadership. Number one, turn problem solving into puzzle solving. Stop looking at every problem as a distraction from the work that you're doing and look at it as a challenge to find a better way for kids and teachers to enjoy learning. Because every single day you're going to face situations where others need your input And when you encounter scenarios that you've never had to manage before, and you can think of some of them right now, but when you do learn to find the joy in collaborating with others, let me give you an example. Last year, I'm sorry, two school years ago when our school decided to implement a new remediation schedule, I knew that this task could not be pulled off alone. So we solicited input from a team of teacher advisors and my admin assistants took the lead in that group. And as a team, they created sample schedules that all of us, across the school could beta test for a semester before implementing it the next year. And that following years, when I changed roles to become an executive director for the state association that I work with now, but I visited the school again to see them implementing those schedules and plans and actions. And the final solutions that they came up with were not top down. They came from sharing the problems together, solving the problems together and solving that puzzle together. So number one, turn problem solving into puzzle solving. Number two, make it a goal to build up when you find things that are falling apart. You're going to encounter failure in your students and and in your team members. And when you do, remember that you have failed before too, because this mindset keeps you engaged with helping turn disappointments into stepping stones. Difficult moments can so easily derail us from the important tasks that we have in student learning. But here's a secret for not becoming upset or overwhelmed. Embrace the moment as best you can. See these critical moments as ways to make things better because your attitude, even in the worst moments, goes a long way for setting the tone and the atmosphere for those around you. And a positive outlook can make hard situations easier to bear. So number two, make it a goal to build up when you see things falling apart. Number three, stay mindful as you observe and interact with learning. One of the biggest mistakes we make as school leaders is becoming so busy that we miss what is right in front of us and we fail to show gratitude or to keep perspective. So keep your eyes and your ears open for the expressions on faces, for the actions you see around you, for the emotions that are being displayed, for the words that are being said in conversations. Make 
eye contact. Ask yourself if you really understand what's happening before responding. Check whether you are missing something obvious that others can see and look for opportunities to be thankful. This kind of mindset will allow you to recognize the small moments that collectively build to create big outcomes for your school. But you'll miss it if you don't stay mindful as you observe and interact with learning. Number four, laugh with teammates and students. You've heard it said before that isolation is the enemy of excellence and you cannot risk missing out on the most important assets in your building. People, take time to listen to their wins, to observe their losses, celebrate their victories, go to their activities, be a part of their sports. Take time to find the joy and the humor in the small moments of the day. One time I remember a high school student brought me a Barbie Valentine card with a sticker that I could wear on my shirt. And we had some good laughs that day as I wore that sticker around school. Those moments can happen all the time. And when you take time to simply enjoy them and have fun together, you make learning more fun for everyone too. Life's too short to not take time to laugh at yourself and enjoy others too. Number five, engage in creative projects with your students and teachers. Your students and teachers have some amazing ideas. So let them create and let them share their experiences with others and then capture those moments on videos and share them out. Travel with your teachers and students to field trips. Don't just watch, engage in the learning moments. It will make observing and evaluating so much more fun. Number six, Develop your own passion projects. Uh, I could say a lot about this, but I'm just going to say this. When I began blogging and podcasting while leading a school, it did take a lot of my time outside of school as well. But I found a lot of joy in that process. And not just that process, but I have other creative processes that I love too. For instance, I love writing and playing music. And so working on passion projects not only keeps me motivated, but it also helps me to influence and inspire those around me. So when you work on passion projects, it not only will keep you innovative, but it will influence the way that you work in all the other settings of your life. So you are more inspiring when you're inspired. And in fact, at the very end of today's episode, I'm going to share a little bonus track. My daughter and I, uh, as a present for my wife, recorded a song that she loves. And I'm going to share that at the end of today's podcast. This is an example of a small little passion project that we worked on. Number seven, Stop taking yourself so seriously. If you are a school leader, you are probably prone to being highly driven, which is normal, but being excellent should not make you obnoxious. So remember the bigger picture. Most problems are small ones. Most challenges are temporary. Most obstacles can be overcome. And when you can't conquer a problem or win a battle, then give yourself some space and grace and don't take yourself too seriously. Remember, life's too short not to be celebrating. Your teachers and students need to know that you don't expect perfection and they will love you more when you stop trying to be perfect yourself. So those are just seven mindsets to keep in mind to increase the playfulness, even in the hard work of school leadership. So let's wrap this up. You know, I can still remember when my mother stepped away from the flower bed in our yard as she saw her mud covered children coming up from the field road and she stood there with her hands on her hips But she didn't scold us. She smiled and she told us to head to the creek and wash off before bringing our clothes to the water hose for rinsing. And as we made our way to the water, I could feel the mud's texture drying. I rubbed at some of the dirt and it crumbled away in clouds of reddish dust. And I I looked at my siblings as we started washing. 
What a motley crew, the the whites of our eyes and teeth standing out against the muddy smears, and we were simply a mess. But part of the joy and adventure of childhood is being able to make the most of messy moments. And as you think about this school year, will you give yourself and your school permission to try and to fail and to play? Will you encourage creativity? Will you celebrate the moments when learning is taking place? And while you're at it, will you think about how you can keep your own creativity alive? Because when you do, you may get your hands muddy along the way, but it's worth it to maintain the joy of learning. And that's our job, is to maintain the joy of learning, because what you do matters. So now it's your turn. How can you encourage playfulness in your students and teachers this year? What is one way that you can recognize creativity in your students and teachers when you see it happening around you? How can you celebrate those moments of discovery and innovation? And what projects can you commit to this year that encourage your own love of learning? Well, I hope that's been helpful. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can always check them out at my website at williamdparker.com. As a quick bonus, I'd like to just add at the end of today's episode a song that my oldest daughter and I just recorded the other night. My wife, for her birthday, just asked us to take a song that she had heard and recorded ourselves so she could hear our voices in this song. And it's an old hymn that's been rewritten to a new tune. And um, my daughter was packed up and ready to head back to college when that evening I just asked her, could she sit down for a few minutes and do the song with me? So we did it in one take. Uh, You're probably hearing some recording blurbs. There's some, I hear some, you know, some little knocks and things that are happening around the mic. So uh, forgive me for its quality not being publishable, but I just wanted to share this with you as a way to uh, just reveal the passion projects that I enjoy. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope that you're having a fantastic week and I'll talk to you again soon.
Find up there. 